Welcome to the 2022 Webby Honoree for Best Co-Hosts for our own Brown and Black Podcast. Hi, everybody. My name is Jack Rico. And I'm Mike Sargent. Wait, wait. The Webby Honoree Mike Sargent? The Best Co-Host The guy? 2022 oh, I see. Honoree Best Co-Host. <laughs> well, Get the title right. Well, Mike and I... <laughs> Every week, we take a look at race and pop culture through a brown and black light. And uh, yes, we just won a Webby. And Mike, how much did you know about the Webbies before we won it? I've, I've known about the Webbies. I remember when they began. And, you know, when you, I, I started out in radio, as you know, so every uh, media has its own awards. And once internet media really became legitimately a thing, the Webbies began and, and it's to, to, you know, acknowledge innovation and those who are doing the best work in that space. Uh, and podcasting is gigantic now. So I, I have to say, I'll be honest with you when you said, Hey, let's submit. I was like, yeah, sure. But there's so much stuff out there. So I'm sort of blown away. So for those of you um, who might not be familiar with this great honor and prestige, um, the Webby Awards is essentially the the award show for the best of the internet, right? This is the, it's the Oscars of the internet. And the internet in their eyes is divided into see two, four, six, eight, into eight categories. That's websites and mobile sites, video, advertising, media, and PR, apps and software, social, like social media, I guess, podcasts, which is where we come in, games and virtual and remotes, so I guess Zoom or anything of that nature, anything digital like that. So, you know, my wife comes up to me and says, you know, I have to say, man, I'm hearing your, your podcast. You just guys are so good. And, and, you know, when your wife tells you that, you, you know, your ears perk, you're like, yeah, yeah. All right. And she's like, yeah, you you guys should, you guys should try out for like the Webbies. So in my head, I'm going, ah, man, I don't know if we're there yet. I mean, you know, we're not like in an official production studio with a team of 30 producers and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars to pay for all the equipment and the ginormous Rogan-esque listenership. I'm thinking, you know, we'll get there. But she's like, do it now. And I was like, all right, all right. I called you and you have to pay a fee. Like with almost any award show, there's always like a fee involved. Uh, this is how these award shows make money. Uh, that you provide the fee, but then it's at your risk whether you lose or win. So we could have lost our money. Easy. You know, but between you and me, Mike, I mean, I, I thought that we had the goods. I, I thought we got, because that's why I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Uh, you're right. We do owe it to to your wife because she was the one that said, Jack, let's do this. And you said, Mike, let's do this. And I said, okay, sure. Let's throw our hat in the ring. And it's interesting because Joe Rogan did not win a Webby. So when you look at the podcast sections, there's, 10 categories and the one that we said well why don't you know there, there's a few of them here that we could do we could do best co-hosts uh we could do best individual episode um and you know 
I, I think those really worked well for us. So, so, but we could only afford one award. <laughs> so we went for that one and we said, well, let's give it a spin. And we forgot about it. And then I kept on getting these announcements like, hey, it's coming up. Hey, just watch out for it. The announcements and the nominations and, you know, the winners, they're coming up. So I had called you the night before and I said, Mike, let me ask you a question. The Webbies are coming, man. Do you think we're going to win something? And if we do win something. You know, I said, I'm trying not to think about it, Jack. That's what I Right. Saying. And I'm thinking, <laughs> well, we got to think about it. Because if we win, dude, we would just have done something crazy. And I'll explain, you know, to, to, to the listeners why it's crazy. But why did why were you so staunch about not wanting to think about it? As an artist, I think actors can relate to this best. When it comes to auditioning or contests or competing against other artists, it's sort of, you know, you throw your hat in the ring, you, you, you know, you give it your best shot and then you have to not think about it because you could go crazy trying to figure out whether you got it, whether you won, whether you got the role, whether you got the award, whether you're in the running. So you just have to know you. But isn't that part of the joy, though? Isn't that part of the fun? Isn't that where the childlike, you know, happiness and, and, and just fun and games is a part about it? Only if there's a happy ending, because if there's oh, a bad ending, man, it's but, like. Okay, so what about the journey? Well, you know, to me, uh, the concern. I mean, you always tout you always tout that to me, like, yay, it's about the All journey, right, dude. But listen, competing, uh, you know, that's an interesting journey. Like, you 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 have to you have to again, you have to show up, do your best, give it your best shot, and then keep going, keep it on. That's kind of how I look at it. So I, you know, you had faith, you had faith, Jack. <laughs> So let me just explain wh why this this is a big deal. It, it, we kind of just like won an honorary Oscar, but for the internet, the internet is vast, folks. There's a there's a lot of people that submit to the Webbies because it could change their path uh, in a positive way. You know, this is a great promotional platform. Uh, People who really know about their industry, uh, this is that award recognition that they strive to acquire, to obtain. And for us, you know, I think we're just two guys that have been in the business for a long time. You know, we've done radio together, me in Spanish, you in English. Uh, we, we, we're film critics you know, from a Latino and a black perspective. Uh, but we've both done television on a national level, on cable, on prestigious, you know, um, uh, channels and networks. We've been able to do that. Like, I don't have an agent. I don't think you have an agent. We don't have like this support system of publicists. And it's just the love for the media business, the love for the craft, the love for what we like, our passions, and the fact that we have a really good understanding of our field. So the significance of this, Mike, is that 14,000 entries were submitted. 14,000. And 
when I get the email saying, congratulations, you are a Webby Henri, that was like incredible. First of all, there's the nominations, right? You can get nominated. We weren't nominated. We were just honored for being best co-hosts. But look, Mike, who the nominees are, okay? Pod Save America. That's probably like the, the number one political podcast in the nation. Smartless. Dude, Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, Will Arnett. These are these are these are celebrities. We love all these guys. And the amount of money behind it. Pivot. Kara Swisher, Scott Galloway from the New York Magazine, from Vox Media Podcast Network. Dude, th- those those are icons in the podcast industry. Those five are are fighting to see who wins out of those five, but then there's like a second category for people that they thought should have been nominated, so they're going to honor them. And that's where we come in. But look who we're competing against, dude. Now and then. That's from Vox. And it's really well produced. It's about two award-winning historians talking about race and politics, etc., then there's all the smoke. Dude, that's from Showtime. That's a television Showtime show about basketball. And then there's Soledad O'Brien next to us. And, and this show called I Love a Lifetime Movie from ACAST. ACAST is like the home of podcasting. They're like the world's leading independent podcast. So we went against Titans. Like that. That, 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 that's crazy, Mike. Uh, it is. You know, it's interesting because, uh, no, you're right. I don't have an agent. Uh, I don't have a wife and I don't even have a cat now. But I think that <laughs> with all the things that you said, I think we do do all of that. But I think really what it comes down to and what we really win at is it, we, we won an honoree as best co-host. And I think it's our chemistry. I think it's our chemistry. I think it's the way we interact and our chemistry is what made us noteworthy. That's my take. You can't fake chemistry. You know, you either like the person on the other side or you don't. And, you know, in the television business and the radio industry, uh, there's been those relationships. You know, I've been in bad relationships on TV where I don't like the person that I'm that I'm next to. And, you know, that's just the way it was. It just didn't work out. Um, but in this particular case, man, it's just, I can't wait (laughs) for the next episode because I learned so much from you. You know, it's like someone that I actually love hanging out with, love talking to, and then love listening to. And it's hard, dude. I, especially when you're older to find people that you get along with and that you, um, have an intellectual rapport with that you don't find with most people, you know, and I think that those are the relationships worth saving, you know, and brother, this, I mean, this is a testament to, um, to the magic, to the magic. It's a testament to where we're headed to, man. At least we can cross our fingers. I mean, that's all a choice. We can move we can move forward with this and see where it goes, see how our listeners, you know, if they come along with us on this journey. I don't know. Might we spin off into like our own brand media company? 
uh, ask you guys to chip in and help us out, build what will be something awesome for you guys, for us, you know, and for whoever wants to be a part of it. A hundred percent. And you know, it's something else you said there, uh, the, 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 the chemistry and, you know, how we feel about each other. And uh, it's, I, I can relate it to our next guest and what we talk about because we won this award and there was no slap involved. But every time you and I have a conversation, <laughs> uh, I come away having learned something having had a new thought, having had a new perspective. And I think that hopefully that's what our listeners get out of our show too and our exchange because we're getting something out of it and we're hoping you're getting out of it. If like I get what I get out of Jack, Jack gets what he gets out of me, then you get what you get out of both of us when you listen, hopefully. That's right. And speaking of exchanges, we've had one of the more memorable exchanges uh, with Leanne Lord. Uh, she's a stand-up comedian, good friend of yours, Mike, and uh, she's been on the show um, previously, but in segments, not necessarily in a full-on interview, and so in sound bites, and there were great sound bites. But this time, we get to go toe-to-toe with her to understand a little bit, because I don't want to talk about the Will Smith. That's why we didn't do an episode on it. I was like, you know what? I need to process that. I need to absorb that. And what came out of that for me was that this... That, that what I was most interested here was comedy and where comedy goes from here. And I wanted to talk to a comedian uh, and a woman at that, a black woman, to be able to better understand what it might have been, like what did Chris Rock go through? And, and, and will this now become like a copycat incident at nightclubs? And what does that mean for female comedians, stand-up comedians? You know, and we asked her a lot of questions, man, and I came out with such enlightenment from that conversation that I hope that same enlightenment um, you'll also fear. You, you, you'll also hear, you know, um, in this interview. Leanne Lord uh, is with us today. She's a stand-up comedy. She's performed stand-up on Lifetime's Girls' Night Out, HBO's Deaf Comedy Jam, and Comedy Central's Premium Blend. And she won the Hilarious Housewives Contest on ABC's The View, plus much more. Leanne, welcome to the Brown and Black Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This is this is quite an honor to, to be on a show that is in, in my podcast queue on a regular basis. <laughs> that is fantastic to hear. You know, uh, one of the things that we are so glad that you're able to join us and hopefully give us a three-dimensional perspective on, um, on the subject of comedy today after the Will Smith and Chris Rock incident that happened at the Oscars. It's the slap heard around the world. And Mike and I have really not talked about it. And uh, we were kind of waiting for you to be oh. quite honest with you. None of us are comedians, so we don't have uh, that level of experience, of perspective to be able to sort of understand the nuances, the more macro nuances, or even the more micro nuances of what went on. And, and one question that 
has arisen <clears throat> between uh, the conversations that Mike and I have had off air is the following. After that incident, where does comedy go from here? Because I feel that comedy right now has, has found probably its most formidable challenge, which is almost freedom of speech and the violence against that freedom of speech that no one can seem to take a joke anymore. Uh, we know that Chris Rock can actually take a punch, but Will Smith can't take a joke. And so whether uh, even that is like an onion that you have to unpack. So let's begin with the first question, your reaction when you first saw that, because Will Smith, you can argue he's a comedian. I don't know about stand-up, but he's a comedian. He's an actor comedian, and Chris is a stand-up comedian. So can you talk about the differences between those two comedian worlds and when you saw this happen between, let's also bring this up, two black men, uh, as a black woman, how did you feel? Did you feel that he stood up for Jada, or did you go, there goes comedy? Okay, uh, those were a lot of questions, uh, but I will <laughs> I will do my best. <laughs> um, I will I will draw the distinction quite fine that Will is not a comedian; he's a comedic actor. Uh, he doesn't write jokes. He doesn't go to comedy clubs. You know, it's it is a different skill set uh, to be a comedic actor versus a stand up comedian, as is in the comedy world. There's a difference between being a stand up comic or and an improver. Can those can those skill sets cross over and combine? Can people do multiple things? Yes. Uh, Chris does both. Is he is a stand up and a comedic actor? Uh, Will does not do both. Um, and that only matters to people who are in the business. <laughs> it doesn't matter to regular people um, at all. Uh, in terms of the, 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 the comment about freedom of speech and, and where do we go from here, please understand that from day one, comedy has always been under attack. Comedy has always been subversive. It has always been dangerous. It's, it's always uh, made people angry as it's usually in its finest form always been used to say something uh, or to or to make light or to make folks feel better. You know, we can go back to uh, Lenny Bruce, you know, people getting arrested uh, for, for, for saying things or pushing the envelope. George Carlin's seven words you, you can't say. And now the list is way, way longer of words that make people uncomfortable, uh, so to speak. Uh, so that, that tension has always been there. Uh, I, I admire you guys for waiting this long. <laughs> long in quotes to have this discussion because most people are not held back at all by the fact that they are not comedians or experts. Uh, the social media has made everybody an expert in everyone else's field. Um, you know, I'm surprised you guys didn't bring me on to talk about epidemiology since I didn't, <laughs> I didn't study it. So clearly I have things to say. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, listen, I, that night, here's the thing. I don't watch award shows, number one. <laughs> Two, I don't watch the Oscars. Uh, I haven't watched the Oscars since the color purple got snubbed, in my opinion. Mm. I stayed up all night and I was like, oh, are we not winning? 
Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, we good. That's the last time y'all gonna get me. <laughs> you know, I had I was out that night. I was having dinner, and I, I happened to glance at my phone, and it was some weird thing on Instagram. You know, something about Will Smith and and and, and uh, Chris Rock, and I was like, mm, this doesn't seem right. Let me vet my sources. And nowadays, that means going to Twitter. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that didn't used to be back in the days like yeah instagram can't be the real deal let me go to twitter and i go oh this is happening and then that's when i saw the clip and uh wow i at first i was like everyone else is this scripted did this is this a bad joke what what's happening uh i'm now amazed that this is still continued to go on for so long in terms of you know i i guess we're keeping um the meme industry alive, you know, think pieces uh, needed a boost because, you know, how long can you talk about gas prices and COVID and Ukraine, you know, real grown up issues. Uh, we have to distract ourselves with this. I, I almost feel like this is 2022's version of uh, uh, Bernie and his mittens. <laughs> <laughs> Senator Bernie, um, Blake that's right. The, the meme of 2021, I think it was. Last yeah, year, right? I think so. I think so. Which I took total delight in. It didn't hurt anybody. Right. You know, it was innocent. Was, it was playful. It was, it was innocent. It was playful. It was the laugh that we needed. Um, but the the reaction to this, man, I don't I don't know how much time we have because the 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 analysis of this we've spent more analytical brain power on this as a culture than we have on war. I think it's because <laughs> Leanne, if you don't mind me interjecting here, I think it's because there was a line that was crossed. I think socially and culturally, there was a line that was crossed where we all said, listen, stand-up comedians uh, on an award show of this pinnacle of this nature, uh, We've always seen Ricky Gervais, I think was a great example of him scouring, mm -hmm. skewering Hollywood yes. and no one got up to do anything. So we're sure like, didn't. if they didn't do that, then what would one minor joke uh, do and create such a collective trauma, not only in the United States, but in America? And I think that people have not been settled by that. I think that there was something that wasn't supposed to happen that happened. And now we don't know how to handle that. Wow. Okay. Cause there's so much that happens in the real world that we don't know how to handle, but I'm going to, I'm going to try to keep it to the incident. Um, there's a, I'm just, there's just so much to unpack here. First of all, award shows, and Ricky Gervais is not the only one. Award shows are known for the roasting of celebrities. That I mean, you show up expecting that. I'm not a roast comic. I don't particularly care for that uh, part of, of how comedy is done. But that is something that is not unique. This is not new. And this is not Will and Jada's first rodeo. Uh, that's number one. Uh, two, what Chris said wasn't even a joke. It was a line in passing as you notice people in the audience and you pull them out, you know, that mm. what he said did not rise to the level of fisticuffs. And I know there is a large segment of our community that wants to see this as defending the black woman's honor. And, you know, 
dude, there are so many other places where we could have used that voice, you know, like, hey, how about all our money on the dollar? You know, there, there's, there's, there's other places where if you want to fight for us, there are places to fight. That wasn't it. It wasn't for her. I, I think this was a sore, sore point for them. There, I mean, there's history here. There's absolutely history here between the three of them and Chris making remarks. And, and unfortunately, and I will, I, I apologize. I have been busy living my life. So I don't, <laughs> right. I don't know the intimate details. You know, I, I just know there's a, there's a red table that Jada sits at on occasion with her family and talks about stuff. And that's like the, the, their version of the view uh, in-house. Um, I know that she had an entanglement with August. I, I was like, I remember when entanglement was trending. I'm like, what is this? Is this the SAT bringing in a new word? What are we, what are we mm-hmm. doing? So there, they have had some personal issues that sadly, when you are famous, they become public and they become fodder for the public. And I bring those doubt, those things up because of all the things Chris could have said. If <laughs> feelings right. are hurt behind a side compliment, you know, I'm right. sorry. I don't see GI Jane as, as being um, something where he goes, you know what? That's it. I'm gonna throw hands. You know, right, right. But now also I have to add this and I, 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 I said this, I, we, they did an article, uh, they were talking to comedians about where, what we thought on about Forbes this for, on Forbes. Right. Yeah. we read And it. thank you, by the way, for reading that. I appreciate it. Uh, and I, I still stand by what I said. The last two years have been incredibly stressful for everybody i do not think that we as a species we as a people we as a country we are not okay uh and i I am not excusing the behavior but i'm hoping that this is an opportunity for us to take a step back and go what is happening to us as people as human beings when you can take a man who has literally been in our living rooms for 30 years more than 30 years and has been seen has made an image of being a good guy who is generally a good guy on camera and off. And he snaps like this. That tells me something else is going on here. There's something of, of deeper consequence, whether it is him personally or emotionally or between those two men or between the three of them, between him and his wife. But there's more than what we saw. That has to be addressed. And if people just want to keep making memes and making fun, that's fine too. But this is an opportunity for a deeper, broader conversation if it, if if folk want to have it. Well, I have to say, I agree with you a thousand percent. And a couple of things, because when Jack said to me, you know, he wanted to talk about how this affects comedy, uh, just overall, in, in regards to what you were just saying, I think context is everything. And I think there's a huge amount of context yeah. in that moment. And specifically for me, uh, I spoke to a friend of mine who uh, who go unnamed who says he's been really triggered by by what he saw and he didn't expect to be and he, he it took him a while to realize what that uncovered in him. So I want to ask you a two part question. What triggered him was I, I see what happened in two parts. I see the slap okay. as one part. Mm-hmm. That's a whole thing. We could talk about the slap, but then I see him yelling from his seat mm-hmm. is a very different thing. Okay, I say yes, I do, because I feel like if he had walked up there, slapped him 
and then straightened his jacket and turned around and walked back. Listen, we all, uh, that look, I, I've, I don't think there's anybody in the hood who's not seen that look, that, that I'm admonishing you. When you slap a man, for a man to slap another man, that is emasculating. And that is putting you in your, that's putting you in your place. That's putting you. A slap is almost disrespectful. Well, it is. No, it's not almost. It's not, it's not <laughs> almost. That's, punch, that's yeah. straight up disrespectful. But here's the thing. Doing that shows that I'm going to slap you to put you in your place. But I straighten my jacket because I'm in control. But then to sit down and then all that yelling and cursing while you're, you're not like, you're not at the, the club around the way with the blue comedian. You're at the Oscars. So what, like you said, with a one billion amount of exactly people around the world, exactly the world is watching you, right? But that. but f- to me, what that said is, in that moment, the world was not watching him. In that moment, it only mattered that one person was watching what he did, and it wasn't Chris Rock. So now, Jay. now, as a black woman, that's a whole other thing. I would love to ask your thoughts on you know, definitions of masculinity and and what that means, because black women have really responded. This is in a very specific way. Uh, But two, I want to ask you about, you know, when you're you you talked about a roast comedian, you know, and a comedian, you know, we all know like a Don Rickles. Okay. You know, if Don Rickles had gotten up, he'd have said something about Jada. You know what I'm saying? Would would Will have slapped John Rickles? But but my question is, should um do you think (laughs) don rickles gets slapped by all right but i'm just saying uh do you think in in regard to to joe to in regard to uh jack's question um do you think that this type of comedy you know uh, I, i read a lot of think pieces this type of comedy uh you know, sort of opens itself up to that. Do you, do you, you know, and, you know, the whole idea of censorship, I mean, we all know what happened with Dave Chappelle when he made fun of or mocked, you know, a certain segment of the population. What happens? You know, we live in the court of public opinion now. Everybody's got something to say. So, and the woke culture. Yeah, and a woke, a quote unquote woke culture. So I just want to know what your thoughts are on that whole type of comedy and where it fits in where we are today yeah um not a fan not a fan of insult humor um even though that seems ironic because it's it there's always target in comedy uh tony hendra wrote a book many years ago called punchlines the violence in american humor uh there so there's always somebody's always getting hit um the question is who are you hitting there's the the, the common phrase you don't punch down uh you don't you know pick on those who have less uh, but there's always been a very uneasy relationship with comedy. You know, you can see it or I can see it when I when I walk into a club and I, I see the audience being seated and people are avoiding the front row. They don't want to sit up front. They think if the comedian can easily spot them, they are going to get picked on. You know, it's the look of terror in someone's face when I look at them and I make eye contact and I say hello or I ask them a question. They are just waiting for something terrible to happen. Why is that? Because it has. In the past, my colleagues have used uh, their microphone and their stage and their platform to use humor to hurt. You know, that's we've seen it. We've experienced it. I don't sit in the front row 
if I go to a comedy club, you know? So I have had to sort of train my audiences or, or train my audience in the evening. That's not who I am. When I ask you a question, it's not a gotcha. I, we're just going to have a good time. And I, you know, and I, I've had people, I've started my show. I've had people come in late and I say hello to them and they freeze. And it's like, okay, okay. I see what just happened here. And I turned to the rest of the audience. I said, have we been having a good time? Everybody goes, yes. I said, are we, isn't it? Did anybody get hurt so far? They all go, no. And it, I, I, I really have to <laughs> let them know you can have fun. You are going to have fun with me and you are not going to be attacked. You know, I'm going to talk about my life. I'm going to talk about things that are common to us we're gonna talk about everybody outside this room because it's them right <laughs> you know mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but not every comic does that and you know there is a there is a fear now on the other side of that there are people who love that they show up for that there are people that come up to you before a show and go it's my friend's birthday can you make fun of them and in my head i'm like that's you're not their friend <laughs> Why are you pointing them out for me to make fun of them? I I think I shared this story with Mike. I did a um I did a corporate event and I I show up and uh, the person who hired me is pointing out you know who the big wigs are who the who who's and I'm not going to remember any of this and I told her that she goes oh no no it's fine I just want to let you know like who's who and then she pointed out one of her colleagues and she goes he's he's been dyeing his hair pick on him and I could not. I could not hide the look of horror on my face. And I said, what, why would I do that? That sounds terrible. And she goes, well, no, no, he, you know, men aren't like us. And I said, quiet as it's kept. Yeah, they are (laughs) in the sense that they're human beings with feelings. Cause I, I'm going to make a joke. I'm going to make somebody feel horrible in front of their colleagues who, when I leave, I'm gone, he still has to work with these people. Why would I do that? But she felt empowered or felt it was okay to sort of wind me up or cock the trigger like I'm a gun and aim me at people. And so where would she get this idea? Yeah. Like a weapon. Exactly like a weapon. weapon. And I choose to use my my comedy for good. Leanne Lord comedy weapon. No, no. I, I, once again, I mm, violent. Uh, that is a violent way to construct what we do. I prefer to enlighten and entertain. You can have a good time without it being that. But comedy has been used. Has been yes, it has. And yes, it's it has. Mostly been weaponized. Um, in award shows, it seems like in order to attract a great rating. Uh, most, even late night show people now, um, have also been a little bit more aggressive, especially I think when Trump came in, it was like, everyone's just going to go after this guy and after the Republican party and after everybody. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a different barometer for a, when someone is famous, uh, when there's a politician, when there are things that are happening very clearly and forthrightly in the public eye. Um, it, it, it becomes an open season that there's, um, I'm trying to remember the name of the award show. I think it's the press correspondence dinner that's right. where that's what they do. <laughs> that's <laughs> the deal. You're right. You know, so I, I think there's a different expectation and a thicker skin that celebrities and politicians are expected to have, but you can also talk about the issues, um, 
without uh, naming names, but, you know, but again, all bets are off when it's current events and it's, you know, you know, political or, or, or celebrity figures. So Leanne, now that this incident has happened and a lot of people that are now saying, well, there's going to be some copycat, you know, incident very much like this, but you've also talked about that this, I mean, in the Forbes article, there were a few comedians that said, look, I've had somebody throw like an olive at me or, you know, something Mm -hmm. along those lines. There's been aggression though. I think there was a woman that pushed another person and then like the audience was laughing, like it was part of the joke or, um, but now there is no, when you go to a stand-up comedy club and you're a comedian and you saw that there is no security guards, there's no bodyguard next to you. Right. Do you think, because you had also talked about this earlier, the world's not right. People are not right. There's anger simmering underneath everybody right now. And there is the chance that somebody might say, you know what? I don't like what you just said. And if Will did it, then it's okay for me to do it. And you know, everybody's drinking at these stand-up comedy clubs. There's like, oh, no, 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 no drinks. Everyone's drinking. So you say something bad, this could happen. What do comedians and how, what's the conversation, I guess, right now amongst comedians about this incident and how it might affect them specifically? Right. Well, again, you know, while this issue uh, has made it worldwide, uh, our safety has always been in question. Wow. You know, these these incidents have happened before. Now, you're 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 lucky if you're performing at a nice venue, you know, a theater or, you know, a comedy club on the weekends where they will have a bouncer. You know, uh, I, I think what this also does is it adds to the job of the MC. You know, it's an MC's job when folks come in, they, folks are settled and they're ordering the drinks to sort of go over the rules of the road. And you don't always notice that, that, what's, that, that that's what they're doing. You get, they're getting the audience to applaud all together as a group because these are usually strangers. And right. some have been to comedy clubs before, some have not. You set the level of expectations. You might say, hey, everybody, listen, I'm going to be bringing my friends out here. You know, please give them your attention, your focus. When I'm here, I'll talk to you. You know, so you're telling the audience what to do. You're asking them to keep their table conversation to a minimum. You're asking them to turn their phones off. This adds another sentence. Hey, can you please not come up here and hurt us? <laughs> You know, I've I've heard uh, folks say, listen, let me just remind you guys, these are jokes. If you hear something that you don't like, there's going to be another comic up here in five minutes. You know, let it slide. You know, so it's it's sort of addressing the elephant in the room uh, and setting the level of expectation for behavior. And again, I don't think this emboldens anybody. There was I don't think there was anybody out there, honestly, that was like, you know what? I was waiting on a reason to rush that stage. And Will just gave it to me. And if that's really are what, they, what they're thinking, there was some other issues present mm. there. Um, and I can't speak for comedians across the country, but I knew there, there is a subset of comics in New York who do train in martial arts. So if you want that smoke, <laughs> come get that smoke. Right. Well, you know, a couple of things you're saying there that stand out to me. Uh, one, I'm reminded of an incident about in 2016 with Cat Williams. But basically, Cat Williams uh, got into a situation where he punched somebody and then there was a, a, a tussle and a fight. and There was a whole thing back and forth. You can do research. But the, the issue came up uh, in that. And there was a lot of articles written about it, you know, because, A, he didn't he didn't get any chart. You know, he didn't do any jail time or anything. Uh, Should he so, well, I don't know the incident. Well, that that's the point. The point I'm getting at is, you know, when you go to a club. 
and you know it's comedy and you know part of comedy is this you know mm-hmm. you, i i've been to to enough comedy clubs to have seen like that one guy who's just you know doesn't want to be made fun of in front of his girlfriend or whatever you know, uh, like, why, dude, why are you Or here? they just had a or fight. They just had a fight. Right, 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 right. Exactly, exactly. Because that's happened, too. Exactly, exactly. So, And, I, and comics can misread that sometimes and, oh, maybe I shouldn't talk right. to this brother. Well, I, 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 that, that comes, to me, that comes into under the, like, everything you bring, what you bring to it is what's there. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, So, true, So true. if you, you are, if you're having, let's just say, questions about your masculinity and how things are between you and your significant other you bring that with you you know somebody else just you bring it all you bring it all with you i bring mean it all with listen you. So, I, I i see people sit in the audience arms crossed and then they'll come up later and say they had a good time and it's like you but you didn't you didn't you didn't tell your face <laughs> <laughs> you know, but folks are but folks are coming in. Sometimes they don't want to be there. Somebody dragged them there. Folks are coming in. They right. lost their job that week. They lost what you know. And it, it, you're you're part comedian, part therapist. Sometimes you know you know you. That's true. Sometimes maybe it's not wise to go for the person who's sitting there looking odd because they could be they're off in their mind thinking about something. You have no idea. I prefer to focus on the folks who are having a good time and getting it. And then if somebody is really kind of off, like, hey, sweetie, you okay? <laughs> but again, that's not, not my focus. That that's that's not my job. You know, I'll I'll share a quick story. I don't know, maybe this will sort of be on point. I was I was doing a gig and I asked a rhetorical question when I got on stage. I said, Hey, how's everybody doing? One guy in the audience started answering me as if him and I were having a full-on conversation. And we start with going back and forth and I'm listening and, you know, I could tell something was a little different. You know, I saw security, you know, this club had security. They were coming to the stage. And I was like, no, 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 I got this. And when I had a chance, I said, sweetie, I'm really enjoying talking to you, but I had to talk to everybody else too. Do you mind if I do that? And we catch up later. He goes, okay, that's, that's fine. <laughs> and then I go on with my show at the end of the show. His parents come up to me. And say their son, their adult son is special needs and they were bringing him out so he could learn how to be in adult social situations. Thank you so much for not attacking him, for not, you know, for for handling that the way that I did. Because once again, you never know. All right. Well, can I just say, I do think it is interesting for parents to bring their socially challenged son to a comedy club. That's quite a test. Dude, listen, I, I was going to be listen, like, folks are okay. bringing children. Okay. They are bringing children. And okay. let, let me let you know right now, if you are in the audience, you are a terrible parent. Why are you bringing your child right. to an adult art form? I'm that, sorry. I'm real. Right. There, there, I, I there, are, I, there are shows just for children and that's fine. But if you are bringing your child to an adult venue where there is alcohol and and language and situations happening, I'm sorry, I'm questioning you, up and down, all and down line. Inappropriate. Yeah, there's 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 parents that bring like five year olds to horror movies. Yes, that will that, that will that that will scar these kids in a two hour confined. I'm friends space. with adults who were those children. Okay, I like. And wow. the kids don't know what to do. They're peeing in their pants. They leave those theaters completely altered. And you're going, why? It's because there was no babysitter. 
<laughs> so I totally understand what you're saying. It's just there's some context that you just cannot bring the job, and that seems to be one of them. Yeah. See, I don't. I don't know. I guess I was very fortunate. My parents made a clear distinction uh, between things that are appropriate for children and things that happened as an adult, and they wanted me to have a childhood. And I'm sorry if you have a kid and you can't afford babysitter, you're just gonna miss some stuff. And I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Leanne, should we remove, should we delete, should we somehow ban roasting humor? It is not my cup forward? of tea. I don't like it. I don't go to roast. I don't participate. That's me. And now this is where we get down to free speech. This is where we get down to adult being an adult. If that's your thing and you dig it, by all means. There are people who love this and they are very good at it. Man, man, I, 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 I was not around for this, but the old like Richard Pryor roast, those, um, oh man, where all the celebrities would get up and roast each other, Sammy Davis Jr. I mean, this is, this is going back where it was an art, but they knew what they were doing. This was intentional. It was on purpose. Everybody knew what they were signing up for. Once again, kind of like the award shows. So should we ban that? No. Same way I don't think we should ban alcohol. You know, if you don't drink, you don't drink. That's not your form of entertainment. That's not what you do. Hey, this is almost like, you know, you're mad at something on TV. You know what you get to do? You get to pick up the remote control, turn the TV off, and eat gads. Go read a book. You get to do something else. That's what adulthood and freedom is about. All right, all right. I have a question. This is a question now. I'm going to play host because I have a question for both you and Jack. I thought you were. Right. Well, I am. As a matter of fact, I'm. I'm a, sorry. Were you taking some time off there? Were you just? Well, I was, no, but I'm just saying. I want Jack. To, I want to ask Jack this question, like I would ask anybody who was on the show, because I want to know your answer too, Jack. Uh, but my question is, and I'll ask you first, uh, Leanne, and I'll contextualize it by saying I think, to me, comedy is cultural criticism. You know, it's cultural analysis, and then you make That's- us look at it and, and laugh. You know, so and I I see comedy and science fiction the same in that sense. But so looking from from that perspective, you know, because you're both science fiction fan and a comedian, which, you know, that's the best of both worlds. Um, Why do you think this whole slap has become such a thing? Is it just that we needed another distraction or do you think that it revealed some other underlying things. What, what's your take on why this has had legs uh, and, 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 you know, literally think pieces, the Atlantic is writing it, but you know, and this person and that person, and they finally get, you know, OJ weighed in on it, you know, it's so, no, he why do you think not. it's been, yes, he did. He OJ, he OJ weighed in early on. I'll play I don't, the clip. I don't think OJ get to weigh in on that no more. Yeah. I just played the clip. All right. So go ahead. Uh, what's your take? I, I want to, to take a step back. You you said what you defined comedy as being that it's, it's a like sort of cultural commentary. It can be. That is one form mm-hmm. of true, true, I mean, true, there are folks true, that do true. slapstick, they do improv, they do straight joke telling, true, monology, true, true. physical uh, humor. So, I mean, we it comes in a lot of forms. 
Um, and mm-hmm. and so I don't want to just narrow it down to where I subjectively no, no. You're, you're care correct. to live. You're correct. Um, but in terms of I, why I should this... I should have said my favorite my favorite comedians. Yes, do. <laughs> yes. mine as well. Mine as well. But I I try to remember there 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 are different there are thirty one flavors of Baskin Robbins, maybe just as many flavors of comedy, um, as well. In terms mm. of why this has legs, I mean, everybody is coming to this from their own lens. I think big picture, Chris Rock said it best that his first line was, Will Smith just slapped the fuck out of me. What? <laughs> I think we were all as surprised to see two dudes that I will I will go out on a limb and say most of us love adore have watched their work have watched them grow up have watched them mature in the business everybody got a will smith song they like or um uh, a movie they like uh chris has, what you gotta like something chris rock has done or he would not be this big you know how often do i get to say grand opening grand closing you know Full disclosure, I wrote um, for the pilot of his show on HBO. So, you know, th- th- these dudes have roots and history in people's mm, hearts. That's a good point. We love those guys. And to see that hurt, it, it hurt us. Yes. And us is everybody who watched. And that's that's why everybody. Listen, if one of them was just clearly always a villain, this might not have lasted. I mean, right. I don't know. I'm just thinking great, of this like right now. Point. Like the dudes you just expect to be trash. And so you just, yeah, they just being them and you let it go. No, these are both dudes any day of the week. If somebody came to you and said, hey, I got Chris Rock tickets, you would go. If you say, oh my, Will Smith got a new movie out. Mm-hmm, I'm going to be right there. You know, these, you know, I, there are people, now again, I'm speaking very generally, but I think not without um, evidence that their careers offer us. So yeah, when two dudes, they, when you, when there's no easy way to take sides, when you love them both for different reasons, it's like the ridiculousness of the, of the controversy or the, or the comparison of Michael Jackson and Prince, you know, couple of now there, there were reasons to love them both. And of course this was before uh, the Michael Jackson issues, but you know what I'm saying here. So I think maybe that's why it has legs. Now, I want you to answer too, Jack, before you ask her another question. I want your answer, Jack. What's your take? Jack, if you want to get out of this, society. just say what Leanne said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to do that. I was just going to do that. <laughs> this guy had, has put me against the wall, put a karate chop right on my face. Come on, man. Yep. Come on. Yep. Um. Listen, I, I quite, I, I just did not know. It, 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 it would have meant that I would have spent my whole week analyzing this. And you just made a, such a great point where the emotion of the investment we've had with these two characters over their two decade, three decade career that we've been a part of. We've grown up with Will Smith. We've grown up with Chris Rock. They were the water cooler conversations on a national level. These are titans of industry. These are people that if something were to ever happen to them, we would be crushed by it. And when we saw two of the most beloved people in the world have that incident, we didn't know how to understand how two beloved people could 
could, could, could have that issue. And so I think that was actually the best point. The question I wanted to ask you, Leanne, was I kind of put myself in Chris Rock's shoes after that incident and, and after much reflection, because if that was me and that had happened, I, the first thing is I would have, I would have felt numb, yes. but humiliated yes. at the same mm-hmm. time, because it's, if you're a man, whether you're black or not, it's a sign of weakness yes. in front of other people's mm-hmm. eyes. And especially in your community, brown or black. And that's not tolerated. And you know you're going to get the memes and you know you're going to get the jokes that you're weak. Chris Rock decided to then take a few days off, not say anything, not press charges, and went to the Wilbur Theater in Boston, didn't really address it, and did his stand-up routine. Is Do you think that a comedian at his level is okay moving forward? Will this affect his confidence that ultimately will affect his comedy. No, absolutely not. I mean, I'm assuming that you mean this might affect his confidence negatively. Absolutely not. I mean, Chris, Chris is a pro. Was he shaken? Was he surprised? I I believe I saw a clip from the show you're talking about where he addressed it right up front. He goes, I don't have no jokes on this. I'm still processing it. And the audience is still cheering for him because that's what comics do. The good comics over time or good artists. I don't want to just limit it to us. Uh, We process what's going on in our lives through our art. Do I believe he's going to come back and have a good 5, 10, 15 minutes on this, maybe even a whole special. If he real good, maybe a book, you know, with, with a flip book where you can flip with the, with the slap and watch it and then have him do a show. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. We Artists in part- and stand-ups in particular, we take our pain, we take our difficult times, and we turn mm. that. I don't think, that, I would not expect any less from him or they think that this would be a place where he wouldn't do that you know because this is this is a what this is unique you know the, i mean for this to happen I, and i and I, I think you're right a lot of people um sadly said oh if that was me i would have no you wouldn't shut up sit down mm-hmm. <laughs> you are you are uh, you at work you you at work you wearing you wearing your best outfit <laughs> you know somebody you know is coming up on stage and hey what's this about slap what you would be just as stunned and just as surprised you know, we always think we're going to do something in the moment, given that Monday morning quarterbacking on a set of circumstances. And yeah, most people go numb. Most people are stunned. Most people are too surprised to act. And that's the real deal. Well, it's the fight or flight thing, I think, you know, in those moments. it's You just don't know really how to react right. to either one, one, one or the and, other. And, and sure, I mean... It, it's easy to say you would fight, but again, you're at work. It's one of the best gigs of the year. The lights are on you. The cameras are rolling. And what just happened? I'm sorry. I think all of that conspires for you to be, to, to not fight, but to just be paralyzed. Well, I have to say I do agree. And and a couple of the, there's so many things that we could clearly, clearly be talking for like another two hours on this. But I, I think one of the things that has happened here, and, and I'd love your opinion on this, Leanne, is that uh, along with, like you said, these are two icons, these are two people who you don't expect it to, but it's also uncovered um, people who had feelings about th- certain things. And, you know, I was surprised at how many people like, I never liked Will Smith. 
you know, he's a, he's, he's, a, he's a, you know, I, I have to be, I'll be honest. I'm surprised at the amount of, um, uh, vitriol, vitriol against Will Smith. And this is not to say mm-hmm. that he was right or wrong, or obviously it's not right to do what he did, but I've been surprised at how it's revealed such strong feelings. Uh, and we know, you mm-hmm. know, Chris Rock's shows have sold out, you know, so I don't even think he has to worry about. It's the hottest it's ticket the, in, 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 in town, hot, dude. Exactly. It's, it's the it's hottest, sure hottest ticket in town, and, which is also interesting because, you know. The, I mean, as a comic now, I might want somebody to come up and slap me. I mean, I could use. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to know your thoughts here yeah. <laughs> about, uh, because I feel part of what has fueled this um, is the age we live in and, and social media. Because we could hear, you know, the uncensored what he said. Because you couldn't see it if in America we right. couldn't see that. Uh, um, we're getting all these articles and all these memes, and you know, we haven't really had a time like this before where something could just have legs and and bring up this and bring up that and bring up this, and then they're uncovering Will Smith talking about violence is never the answer, you know, and all these things just to to pivot around it. So I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on the role at this point it it you know social media plays in in perpetuating you know clearly you know like when he brought up uh, a racist baby those books are selling through the roof Oh you mean um during the uh, confirmation confirmation hearings, hearings of, uh, yes yes so I'm just right, saying right and Ted Cruz held up a book like oh do you do you believe in a racist exactly. baby and now, and now the book uh, is, those books are right, selling right. yes i listen i sent my books to him and i was i <laughs> and, uh, so, really I'm just saying <laughs> what what are your thoughts though on just the role now uh, we it, clearly, uh, clearly, or consciously or unconsciously, just that you know the voice of public opinion plays in all of these kind of things now, and with mm-hmm. what's acceptable. Uh, but uh, I'm a little confused about your question okay. because humans have not changed. Okay, just the method by which and the speed by which that we are able to communicate our collective thoughts. You know, before social media, it would have been around the water cooler at work. I know everybody under 45 is like, what's a water cooler? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, There'd be humans gather and chat and gossip and we have opinions and we have never uh, had um, a shortage of ways with which to gather and do that. Social media is just the latest thing, a latest platform, if you will, um, by how we do it. Now, does that allow us to do it faster? Yes. Uh, perhaps more irresponsibly? Oh, yeah. Because uh, you could say a whole bunch of stuff and hit send before you vet, before you think, before you get your facts. I did not really text about this uh, or you know post about this because I was like, I... Ah, I like I I need more. I still need more. I think there's more to this. Um in the sense of what's what's going on um with Will that would push somebody who said violence is not the answer uh to do this. But once again, human beings are aspirational. We've been saying violence is not the answer while we are, you know, subjugating, gentrifying, colonizing, robbing, burning and looting and going, yeah, that's those other people not me. So human beings are very complicated. We say one thing and do another. We are not always, once again, at our best. 
Leanne, before we wrap up here, um, I wrap would up, be... dude. We only listen. I allotted <laughs> three hours for this conversation. We're gonna do an and intermission, and uh, this is a multi-part, multi-layered conversation. It's gonna be right. It's gonna be an interpretive. will be said soon. Right. Yes. I, I did a little. I'm gonna have to do a little interpretive dance. So you know. <laughs> relax and buckle up everybody i'm sorry sorry, jack (laughs) well i'd be remiss if i don't ask you about wanda sykes and regina hall's performance as two female black comedians you know that had the stage uh what did you think of the performance and what did it mean for you to 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 have those two women take the stage and on one of the most important nights uh in hollywood uh jack i didn't see it I, oh, you didn't see. I, I think you missed. Even, uh, I think you missed the part where I said I don't. I don't watch the Oscars. <laughs> I thought you were at least like on Twitter saw no, some of it. Twitter was all the slap, sir. It was oh all. I didn't see nothing about gas prices. We wouldn't even talk about Ukraine. None of it. It was all the slap. So, yeah. but now, do I love independent me not having to see anything at all? I love those women. So, um, go us. There you go. All right. So where can people find you, Leanne Lord? Okay. Uh, the, the easiest access to all things me is my website, uh, which is veryfunnylady.com. And that's usually how people can get to my social media. I am on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. Oh, help me. I'm on TikTok. I don't even know why. I'm on- Are you going to be performing anytime I soon uh, in New am. York? Or- well, okay. So again, my schedule is on my website, uh, but the tour for Funny Women of a Certain Age actually starts on April 20th. We're hitting three cities. I'm very excited. And if people actually want to see what that show is, uh, we are. it was on Showtime. It's still streaming on Showtime. Uh, and let me listen. If you do get to see it, please let me know because I don't have Showtime. Uh, so <laughs> feel free to drop a sister a password so you can see this show. <laughs> but Funny Women of a Certain Age was created by my friend Carol Montgomery as an opportunity uh, to sort of fight ageism in the entertainment industry and give I very funny women who are seasoned in our craft uh, an opportunity to perform and it, it, it resonated because we have three shows on Showtime and the first spring tour is kicking off and I'd love if I'm in your city please come check it out and you can find that on my website veryfunnylady.com congratulations on that thank you Leanne Lord comedy weapon <laughs> no stop <laughs> saying that <laughs> Mike man <laughs> All right, Leanne, All thank right. you so much. We really appreciate your perspective and your insights on this. Uh, it, 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 it really allowed us to, to better understand, uh, you know, what we saw and what we experienced collectively. Well, uh, again, I think like everybody has, has got an opinion on this and, you know, the fact that we're still talking about it, maybe we still need to be talking about it. Well, that's it for this episode of Brown and Black. We'd like to thank Leanne Lord for joining us. And if you would like to support this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. Your help us. Excuse me. Excuse me. If you'd like to support this webby honoree. <laughs> that is right. That is now you, right. You can continue. Now, John. I'm glad that you called me out. <laughs> well, your help will allow us to be heard by many more. This episode was edited, but I guess it's also the Webby honorary editor of the Brown and Black podcast, Joshua Tirado. You can follow our comments and opinions on at Brown Black Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We'll see you on the next episode of Brown and Black.
Are you ready to turn your best ideas into a thriving online business? Introducing Shopify, your no excuses business partner. You might not realize, but our podcast, More Than Mammies, it's a business. And we started it, of course, to talk about maternity, not to become an e-commerce expert. So yeah, we needed some help selling our merch and getting our store up and running. Another sale. Shopify is a commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. No matter if you are a garage entrepreneur or a big business, Shopify is the only tool you need to start and grow your business without the struggle. With Shopify single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere, giving you the insights you need wherever you are. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash sonoro or lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash sonoro to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash sonoro.